fucking abuse. Welcome back to another episode of the Professor Penn Podcast. This is David Penn, wishing you well, hoping that we can overcome that horrifying video that I used as a cold open and get around to some well-being here because I want to make an admission. This is my third take. That's never happened before because this video is so upsetting that I can't really get into the blocks and get this thing going the way I want to. So let me try again. Thank you, Tanner, for facilitating. I want to thank Free People Radio for providing us with this forum to bring to you this very critical information. We're Truth Media, and we depend on the patriot economy. Companies like our sponsor, TireGet.com, that's T-I-R-E-G-E-T.com. Any tire you need, it's there. You buy from Target, and you're funding Free People Radio. That's the patriot economy. Truth Media plus the patriot economy equals freedom. And for those of you who are watching that want to take the most direct step towards preserving our freedom and our republic, precinctstrategy.com, a tutorial for everything you need to learn to get into the game of politics. Make your will felt, get off the bench, take a seat at the table, and let's work together to make a well-being community for the American citizen. This video that I played as the cold open today, this murder of this man, is really uh, the substrate for many of our fellow American citizens. One of the things that I'm always uh, talking about is that there's four street corners. And if we're going to get to a closer understanding of truth, we have to get to all four street corners because everybody sees it from their own perspective. Or as they say, walk a mile in another man's moccasins. Now, for many of us, we don't fear the police. In fact, we respect the police. And we just had an election cycle here in Minnesota, 2022, where one of the key themes was back the blue, back the blue, back the blue, which was a reaction to the uh, condemnation of the police after the George Floyd killing. We have a real lot of work that we need to do as a community in this area because our, our social fabric, the relationship between our communities is frayed, it's ripped. It's been ripped for hundreds of years because there was an agreed upon set of facts related to human slavery or the British business model of piracy and drugs and slavery. It's a fact. And we know, we all agree that there were slaves in this country. I mean, I'm, I'm doing this at a kindergarten level because this shooting that we just watched is directly related to slavery. And of course, we don't want to, we don't want to deal with that. Nah, has nothing to do with it. All that man had to do was turn around and get cuffed, right? And they would have never been shot. Why did the policeman have to shoot him in the back? And had there not been a video of that event, would he have been charged with murder? And I'm going to submit to you, no, he would not have been charged with murder. These kind of extrajudicial extra killings have been going on in the United States of America for hundreds of years. 
And for those of the viewers and listeners that are not subject or not generally subject to this, you're not afraid when the police pull you over. But what if in your psyche, in your substrate of your unconscious mind, the appearance of the police could mean you're impending death. You're now in a fight, freeze, or flight unconscious moment where you feel your survival is threatened. What I'm saying to all of the American citizens that are watching today and who viewed that video, put yourself in another man's moccasins. Imagine that you were a slave. Imagine that your brother had been killed by a lynching. Imagine that you were discriminated against. I'm not saying hate yourself. I'm saying let's start to look at what motivates behavior. And instead of trying to divide the community further, what can we do as a community to heal these wounds? And of course, that healing has to come from everyone. It just doesn't come from me. It has to come from you and from every American citizen. But this kind of killing, and I said in the last podcast about the Ricky Cobb killing, I don't know what happened there. I wasn't on the scene. I only saw one street corner, maybe two street corners. There's four street corners of perspective. I couldn't see all of it. So it's very <clears throat> underinformed for me to make a judgment. And I said in the last podcast, I can't make a judgment. But from the perspective that I had, shooting people in the back pretty much underscores the fact that they're not a threat to you because they're running away. It's the very act of defiance that's being suppressed. Now, the police might have a very good explanation for that shooting in the Ricky Cobb situation. The cops could say, hey, we thought he was going to back up that car and kill us. That's a good defense. I don't know how this thing is going to play out legally, but I do know I do know that we don't need to treat American citizens as if they are the enemy. They are not the enemy. We do have criminals. We do have revolutionaries. And let us remember that one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. These are very complex issues. Let's not make it real complex. Let's make it real simple. We're all American citizens. If there is a way to handle a conflict that does not involve lethal force, let us seek those remedies. Let us let every American citizen know that our governance is in their behalf because we're a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. We don't hire people to beat other people down, do we? And let me tell you why I say that. Those of us that are in the American citizens movement, have you noticed what's happening to our leaders like Donald Trump or Steve Bannon or Alex Jones or Mike Lindell? And I'm not saying I want to get on one side or the other of these arguments. Are you noticing how they're under indictment by the justice system? Are we noticing that globalism is in control of our country right now? 
and that the globalists are seeking by any means necessary to suppress nationalism, even labeling Professor Penn an anti-Semite. That's how far they're willing to go because truth doesn't really matter. That's why we're truth-seeking media. Have we noticed that the very mechanisms of power that we've always relied on to protect us might now threaten us? So if we understand that, how can we support any kind of violence against American citizens that may very shortly be turned against me? And I'm going to say this to any one of you who thinks this is a fantasy. If any of you want to take a little experiment and put your life on the line, it's about, what, 9, 10 right now? Just walk out your front door. Take your clothes off, run down the street. Somebody will call the cops. When the cops come, threaten them. Don't comply with them. And, you know, let's see what happens to you. Now, of course, I'm not recommending you do that. This is a thought exercise. Please, nobody go get yourself shot because of my recommendation. It's a thought exercise. Don't actually do it. But my point is, any of us, any of us can be killed by the police just by not complying immediately today because what they're doing is they're enforcing the rule of law. And for those of us who see that the interpretation of that rule of law is changing and that enforcement may be foisted upon us, the American citizens, in ways that are unprecedented, and we're watching it happen right before our eyes, perhaps we should start to reconsider the back the blue in our consideration about the Justice Department and the rule of law and how it's being applied. Let's, let's get out of uh, ancient thought forms and get into the reality of today's world because that suppression of dissent, which will be part of the theme of today's podcast, could be directed right at you. That's correct. And I watch American citizens that are involved in the political process make unsubstantiated and unsupported claims. I watch them use profanity in public political settings. I watch them attack people politically, and I mean attack them. The energy is one of attack. It's not one of physical attack, but it's definitely one of verbal and emotional attack. And I say to all of us in this American Citizens Movement, are you prepared to go to jail? Are you prepared to be shot in the name of this movement and killed? Because if we're going to use emotional rhetoric that's violent or resort to violence, the way that man was shot and killed, that will be me and you. And I don't think that's victory. I don't think we've reached that point. I think we still have a functioning constitutional republic. I think the rule of law is frayed. But I have not given up my faith in and my hope for a reconciliation of the American community. Because every time a video like that gets recorded and we really study it and look at it, we recognize there's something very wrong and very sick about how our governance is being applied to our citizens. Tanner, let's play it one more time 
just through the shooting, just so people can see it one more time. I want to sear it into your brain. Thank you. So I want to say again to Alpha News that likes to report crime every day, and I've been watching it more closely, and it seems to have, to me, quite a racial overtone. I might be wrong. Let's get together and discuss it. Let's get together and discuss it. Because this kind of... Um, the vision that's being sold in our society by certain groups is an exact contradiction to what I'm trying to do, what we're trying to do as a community. What we're trying to do as a community is bring together everyone that wants to have a nation, that wants to have a sovereign nation where individual citizens are sovereign, where there's good jobs and families and faith. So I say to any news organization, starting with Alpha News, but going to any news organization, the Star Tribune, any organization that in its editorial content and in its reporting of the news finds ways to sow seeds of dissent, I reject it. We're truth media. What we're seeking is a constituency of American citizens doesn't matter their color. Doesn't matter what they believe about the supernatural, about God. I am seeking a constituency of people that want individual sovereignty and a nation state that protects the borders of the country, both in economic terms and in immigration terms. That there is a rule of law that is implied, that is applied more impartially and with a greater sense of heartfulness and sensitivity that we remove elements from our society that have weaponized the law to apply it to certain groups, not necessarily to suppress those groups only, but to divide the citizens into warring tribes such that we can never unite to confront the powers that seek to gain tyrannical control of our society. Because all this division, when we do it at the level of, oh, look at this shooting, oh, look at this riot, oh, look at these people robbing a store, and we get separated into groups where we're afraid of each other, when our educational system does not teach first principles, when we intentionally allow the degradation of our citizens through all kinds of means, educational, medical, uh, informational, entertainment, we'll go on and on. The whole thing is going down the road the wrong direction. And what we think is, as American citizens, is that these things are unrelated, serendipitous, and they're not. This is a very well thought through diminution of American citizenship, such that our citizenship has no value. And when it has no value, when we're no longer citizens, what are we? We'll be slaves. We're going into an era of slavery 
slavery, drugs, and piracy are not overturned. That is the business model of our country. And what I'm seeking is an overthrow of that business model. And boy, there are a lot of powerful forces, people that when they check their back pocket, look in their wallet, oh, I got $100 billion. They've got the power to crush the American citizens, and they're doing it. But there's more of us by the hundreds of millions than there are of them. We don't need to have a revolution. We just need to organize our communities. We need to get the word out to all of our fellow citizens, our neighbors, our children, our parents, our co-workers. We need to help this period of time when we're waking up and when enough of us have woken up and we reject this business model, these folks are going to disappear. We're going to give them a stare to get off the stage. We're not going to kill them. We're going to let them come before the truth commissions and tell us what they did. And we're going to get by this period, and we're going to have a rebirth of American exceptionalism, an America that is dedicated to the well-being of her citizens. That's what we're working for here. And there's going to be people that listen to me, and they're going to say, oh, Professor Penn, you're an idealist. You're, you know, you're just asking for things that are impossible. Really? I'm asking for my police not to shoot me in the back when I'm running away from them? Is that too much to ask? Hey, don't shoot me when I'm running away from you. Is that too much to ask? Because I'll tell you, and I said this in the last podcast, I participated in police training, and the number one rule was don't shoot people if they're running away from you. It looks bad, for starters. It doesn't look good. And it creates division and hatred in the society, which is difficult to heal. So I'm asking all of you, please put your feet in another man's moccasins so we understand why Ricky Cobb was afraid to get out of the car because he has in his subconscious millions of these killings. Millions of these killings over the course of time where one race thinks itself superior and another inferior. Now, I am not saying that any group is responsible for this. I'm not going that direction. I'm saying we're all responsible to heal it. That does not mean putting myself down. I reject that. It means working for a higher level of policing. And how do we do that? We pay police more money, and we get them the kind of martial training that's required for there to be a diminution of violence. Training is the key to successful policing. And what do we have now? Not enough training. We need more money for the police. We don't want to defund the police. We want to fund them so that we get the best and the brightest of our warriors into the police departments all throughout the country. Because when you get the best warriors, hey, a warrior is very judicious in their killing. A warrior is very judicious in their killing. Non-warriors kill out of all kinds of reasons that racism, fear, a thrill, there's all kinds of goofy-ass reasons why people like to kill other people. But a warrior, a warrior will apply force appropriately, and that takes training. So I want to say to everyone, 
left and right. I'm for enhanced funding of every police department in the country. I'm for enhanced techniques of policing. I'm for healing the gap between the citizenry and the police. And how do we do it? Communication, love, and training. So I'm going to leave that for now. We're going to come back to it. But please go back and look at that video because that will tell you the state of mind of large groups of American citizens that act out of fear. They act out of fear. They're afraid of the governance of our country. And if we're afraid of our government, there's something wrong with our government because our government is our representatives. And that's what we really want to get down to, self-governance. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the light and the dark. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating me in your image. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me an American. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me free. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for healing the blind. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for feeding the people. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for releasing the bound. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for raising up the downtrodden. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the heavens and earth. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for providing for all my needs. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for directing my path. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for our American courage. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for crowning America with glory. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for restoring strength to the weary. There are phrases in this prayer. Thank you for making me free. Thank you for making me American. Thank you for releasing the bound. Thank you for providing for all my needs. Thank you for directing my path. You know, if we were all praying this as an American community, we'd have a lot less extrajudicial killings. We have these powers. Let us use them. Yes, I guess I'm somewhat of an idealist. But if we have no idealists, who's going to inspire me to a higher level of behavior? If everybody's a realist, if there's no Martin Luther Kings, no Malcolm X's, no John Kennedy's, no Robert Kennedy's, if we didn't have the four martyrs, if nobody is inspiring us to a higher level of self-governance, how will, how, will, how will we ever attain and achieve a more perfect union? We all have to have a yin and yang of realism and idealism. And those that know me per, you know, personally know I'm as real as it gets, but I maintain my childlike heart. I'm going to hold on to that to the last breath I take, my childlike heart. You got to see it for yourself. You got to read it for yourself. You got to read it for yourself. Well, let's talk about what these cops are representing. The outer guard of the New World Order. That's what our police have become. The outer guard of the New World Order. They are the outer guard. The next level 
is our political parties. Our political parties do the same thing that the police do. They demand compliance. Or as I was told right after I did the Emmer piece, I cannot criticize another Republican even by inference. And I told that person, and she knows who she is, go join the American Nazi Party. Because if we don't criticize and we don't debate and we don't strive, we're never going to get that more perfect union. And boy, we need it. Because while we're being divided by our elites into warring camps and we can't come together as an American community, let me show you exactly what they have in mind for you. Tanner, the wall. Please play the wall. Saudi Arabia has done what no one thought was possible. They have started construction of the line. This thing is insane. It is a linear mirror city in the middle of a desert, 170 kilometers long, 500 meters high, and will host 9 million people. Within the city, one of the most important projects is the construction of the Spine, a high-speed rail line that will run along the entire length of the city and let residents travel from one end to the other in only 20 minutes. The entire system will have zero emissions and zero waiting times. The project claims to reduce the impact on the environment and at the same time allow its inhabitants to be steps away from nature. This ambitious and futuristic project is part of a multi-billion dollar investment push towards Vision 2030 that Saudi Arabia has launched to modernize the country and transform it into an international showcase. Oh, doesn't that look nice? Doesn't that look wonderful? The wall. You know what it looks like to me? It looks like a really nice minimum security prison. It's out in the middle of the desert. Nobody's going to have a car. Everyone's going to live in small living quarters. Oh, it looks so beautiful. Doesn't it look great? Reminds me of how the projects looked back in the 1960s. See, I remember when the projects got built, and I remember how they fenced it, just like the wall, a wonderful place for our urban communities to live. Oh, that's great. Well, let me tell you about the Saudis. There's 21 million people living in Saudi Arabia, and between 85 and 90% of them are Sunni Muslims. They have uh, 10% or 12% of their population and an estimated 25 to 30% of the eastern province's population where they're building that wall. They are Shia Muslims. The Shias and the Sunnis don't get along. They're like Democrats and Republicans or globalists and nationalists. I don't know what the plans are, but if I was going to house all my descending population in a minimum security prison, it would look just like the wall. Come on in. They're even going to get their citizens, their citizenry is actually going to pay rent to live in the prison. Hey, that's next level, isn't it? I mean, at least when you go to jail here in the United States, you don't got to pay to be there. You get, you get free room and board. They're actually going to get paid by the inhabitants, the 9 million inhabitants of this prison are going to pay to be there. They're going to close the door behind themselves voluntarily. Hey, that's, that's really next level. And remember what is going on here. And this is a theme I've had through all my episodes. At the base of this thing, the very base, is an anti-movement against the Judeo-Christian heritage of our world. 
the people that run that want people to give up their faith in God and the benefits that come from faith in God voluntarily as an act of free will. They want people to use their free will not to believe in God, but to believe in the anti-God. So there's nothing more eloquent or special than getting 9 million people to pay voluntarily to be part of the prison colony out in the middle of the desert. And we're going to be talking about this today. I mean, this is, this is what's going on. We, for the benefit of convenience, are giving up our freedom so that the government can provide us with safety. Oh, look at all these terrible black people. I mean, they just don't comply. We got to beat them down, don't we? All of us here in the American Citizen Movement, I know many of us believe that, that we got to beat these people down because they just don't comply with the rule of law. And I'm going to tell you again, after they're done beating these people down, they're coming out to the suburbs and they're going to be beating us down because guess what? We're not complying either. The ideas in our head are nationalist, not globalist. The globalists have control of our justice departments and our police departments. Who do you think's heads are going to get knocked next? Come on, wake up. Take your red pills, please. Go to your cabinet, get out your red pill, take a big dose, and imagine what's going to happen when a globalist police department recognizes that you're a nationalist. You're in big trouble, baby. Particularly when they have control of your money because, you know, we've ushered in the digital currency and now you have a social credit score. Oh, we see, Mr. So-and-so, that you attended a meeting of the Republican Party. Oh, we're going to shut your money off if you do that again. Does it sound far-fetched? No, it's not far-fetched. It's right around the corner. This currency is getting rolled out all over the world right now. And if we take it for convenience, we're going to find out we have a social credit score. Oh, you have a private dwelling. You only have one family living in your private dwelling. We're going to give you a demerit. No gasoline for you. If you want gasoline, let two or three families live in that $4 million house that you own out, that you own out in Medina. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, you have to drive to work, don't you? You want gas for that car? Hey, you want energy for your electric vehicle? You got a 9,000 square foot home. There's only three people living there. We can get 30 more people in your house. And why do I know that's going to happen? Because it happens everywhere the communists get control of the governance. I have a friend of mine. Her grandfather was one of the richest industrialists in China. And in 1949, when the communists took control, he didn't run away. He stayed in Shanghai living in his giant mansion. And you know what they did to him? They put about 50 people in that mansion. They gave him a bedroom and a bathroom in all of his living rooms and his many chambers and places that he had built. They put the people. And he had a little corner of his mansion, which he then donated to the communist enterprise because, after all, giving away his money was better than getting killed. You think that can't happen here? It's happening right now. It's happening right now. 
And the best way for us to prevent this from going a step further is to create the 70% constituency where we heal these divides between the American citizens. We do it or we die. It's just that simple. Now, maybe you won't die. Maybe you're going to sell out and be part of the new world order, as most of our citizens will do. There'll be a handful of us, like me, who have gone too far. The bar door does not swing both directions for me. I'm on video telling the world what I think about this. I can't retreat even if I want to. Like if I have a crisis of courage, there's no going back for me. But for most of the people that are watching this, when the tyranny really descends, you're going to forget you knew any of the people that were screaming out for nationalism and borders and American well-being. I don't know those people. I don't know. I mean, think about it. Peter, the rock of the church, denied that he knew Christ three times before the, co the crow called out in the morning. Not the crow. The cock cried out in the morning three times. He denied that he knew. I don't know him. I don't know who that guy is. Hey, we think you know that guy. No, I don't know him. That's just the way people function. So if we're going to survive this and maintain our freedom, courage is the key to getting there. Courage is the virtue upon which all other virtues rest. I want to share my courage with you. Please, let us be courageous for our God and our country. Let us have the courage to talk one to another. Let us have the courage to think out of the box and start to look at these problems in a way that they can be solved. Let's not believe they can't be solved. We're, hit, we're getting a full dose of that every day. Can't solve it. Ah, BS. Every one of these problems was caused by man, and every one of these problems can be solved by men and women. Excuse me, the women who are watching my generation. By our American community, men, women, and children, we can solve these problems. And the first step is not demonizing people. And the second step is not allowing our citizens to be shot in the back because that just keeps those, those divisions, those splits, bigger and bigger. You know, we have a Republican Party here in Minnesota that has abandoned CD5, the inner cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. The Republican Party has abandoned those citizens because we claim, oh, they are not interested in what we have to say. That's not true. We ran out to the suburbs and we abandoned the inner cities. To who? The enslavers, the Democrat. The enslavers control the inner cities. And what do the Republicans do? What does the Republican do? Not a single thing. Well, I, a Republican, am involved in CD5 in the inner city. I will meet with people. I will listen to them. I will find common ground with them. Because without the participation of the inner city population, where the Democrat holds sway over everything, that's where go look at a map of the country. And Tanner, remind me, we got to put this up next time. If you look at a map, where the Democrat gets their votes, it's a tiny part of the landmass of this country, but it's the inner city where all the population is. Now do you understand the wall? We're going to congregate everybody in the inner city. We're going to be talking about this today because it 
it really speaks to what's happened in our outstate areas of Minnesota and all over the country where the Democrat is outlawing the family farm because, of course, what? It's bad for the environment. And they're driving those people off the family farm and into the urban environment, making them dependent on the system because the meek shall inherit the earth. Right now, the freest people on this planet are the farmers because they don't care what happens. They don't care. They're growing their food and living their lives no matter what happens. I got another friend. Her parents are farmers. They don't care what happens. They don't even pay attention to what happens. What they pay attention to, we plant in the spring, we harvest in the fall. We got a garden. We can. We got livestock. We slaughter them. We preserve the meat. We don't go to the grocery store. That's a scam. We grow our own food. And we're told, and I was raised that that's dumb, that I've I'm, I'm got a better shake being dependent on the system. I don't think so. I think the people that taught me that had given up their self-governance. And I'm struggling to get my self-governance back with you, with you. T together, we have to reclaim our self-governance. Now, this wall, what's going on over there in Saudi? Who are the Saudis? Who are the Saudis? Well, the Saudis, if you go back and re watch a great movie called Lawrence of Arabia, talks about how Saudi Arabia came into being and how the British were involved in it and how the British were involved in the Middle East. Why? Because up from the ground came a bubbling crude. I mean, oil's right there, the cheapest oil to extract in the planet, right below the sands. I mean, there's oil there, a lake oil. And they wanted that oil out of there to fuel the Industrial Revolution. And they turned the Sunnis and the Shias against each other and the Sunnis and the Shias against the Jews. I mean, they set that whole place up so it was at war to this very day. And while all that war is going on, that energy is getting extracted out of the ground at pennies on the dollar, even today. But the Saudis, the Saudis, they are very, very wealthy because it's a kingdom. It's a kingdom. There's actually a king a thing that we don't think exists anymore. No, no, Saudi's run by a royal family, a royal family. And some of these kings had two and 3,000 kids. Doesn't that sound fun? You know, harems with the 1,000 women. They have hundreds and thousands of relatives. And that those familial relationships, tribal relationships, control the country. A very small group of, of, of citizens control the country and its resources, and they import a huge population of workers that they fear, that they fear. And the Saudis, they're not trusting anybody. They're sitting on an ocean of cash. They're involved with the Americans. They're involved with the Chinese. They're involved with the United Nations. They're involved with the World Economic Forum. They got chips on every bet. They're, bet, they're betting all ends against the middle because what they want to do is stay in power. And they're not quite sure how this jump ball between the globalists and the nationalists, which would be, you know, the globalists here, the Chinese and the Russians and the free people, they don't know how this thing's going to work out. And neither do I, neither do you. We don't know how it's going to come out. I know how it looks like it's going to come out. It looks like free people 
are not going to be free much longer. That's how it looks. And why is that? Convenience. We would prefer our convenience to our freedom. And let me just interject a new idea right here. I'd rather die from a hurricane than from a tyrant. I'm going to refine that message because there's three ideas the globalists are using to enslave us. The climate crisis, social equity, and democracy. And the strongest of the three is the climate crisis, which is a crisis so big that no one country can solve it. So we got to have global governance, right? Well, I'm going to say this again. I'd rather die from a tornado than from a cop shooting me in the back because I don't comply. Let's think about it, okay? Let's think about what's going on here. But this Saudis and the rest of the royal families of the Middle East, they're throwing in a big bet with the World Economic Forum on the zero carbon emissions thing. The people that make all their money off of burning fossil fuels are cutting a deal that we're going zero emissions. I mean, the thing is a joke on its face. But you know what they're really into? They see the future. These people, you know, if you're worth $100 billion, you don't get up in the morning and go to work. You get up in the morning and sit down with your futurists, your scribes and your Pharisees and your hypocrites, your council of wise men. They go, what's going to happen 100 years from now, 200 years from now? How do we stay control 500 years from now? You know what these sons of bleeps are getting into? Farming. Henry Kissinger said, he who controls the food controls the people. And you know, for thousands of years, everybody grew their own food. This whole thing about going down to the grocery store, that's relatively new. That's new. That's an invention. And we're entitled as human beings to invent things and make mistakes and reverse course. We don't have to go down that road. I'm starting to grow my own food. Bleep these people. I don't want to be dependent on them. You notice I'm not swearing? Because I want you to send this out to everybody you know. I got a social media digital team now that's cutting this up. If you go to the Professor Penn podcast and subscribe on YouTube, you're going to start to get a continuous stream of one and five minute clips that you can send out in the crowdsourcing strategy to spread out the message, to build our community, our free people community. You can find me on Rumble, on Getter, on X, everywhere. Go and subscribe. Not because I'm trying to become rich, because I want to make a movement here, free people radio and free people of America and the people that are involved here. We're not kidding around. We are about human freedom and human well-being, and we're broadcasting a message that needs to spread. And what they're doing in the Middle East, those scribes and those Pharisees and those hypocrites, including Israel, because they're all in on it together, they're trying to read the spit on the curveball and see what's in this for me 100 years from now. And what they're doing is they're getting into what's called vertical farming. I'm going to talk about that again today. It's related to the United Nations Agenda 2030 and what's going on in your own community, which is the centralization of food production because, of course, farming contributes to global warming. The family farm is against the survival of the planet. Oh, really? Organic farming's bad for the earth. 
Really? And there's thousands of PhDs teaching our kids in every university we send our kids to that an organic farm is bad for the health of the earth. And these dummies actually believe it because they're brainwashed. You know, when you brainwash someone, just because someone speaks 10 languages does not mean they're smart. It means they're good at learning language. They can be dumb as dirt and still pass the test. I've met hundreds of attorneys in my lifetime that are stupid, very good at passing tests. But if I don't watch their work, they will lose to someone who knows the law and actually is creative in the law. We have such a lack of creativity that has been bred into us like a physical trait that people are just, they're just dumb. I don't even want to say they're evil. Some of them are evil. Dumb or evil, the outcome's the same. Our children are being taught that organic farming is contributing to global warming and it must be stopped or we're all going to die. And the Saudis and the United Arab Emirates and these countries are going to zero carbon emissions by country by centralizing their food production into giant skyscrapers of vertical farms where all the farming is done indoors and they're going to control the food supply. So what goes in that food, we're not going to know. How that food's going to be distributed, we have no control of. And what we eat, the choices of what we eat, is going to be changed. The bountiful beneficence of the natural way is going to be replaced by technology. And we're being taught that that's a good thing. We're being taught that what man produces is greater and better than what God produced. Because remember, this is about an overthrow of God. It's not about zero carbon emissions. It's not about any of the issues they fence. What they're after is for you to consensually give up all your benefits of being a human being to save the earth. My children love the earth so much, they hate people. That's what's going on. Agenda 2030. It's all based on Agenda 2030. Well, what's Agenda 2030? Well, first of all, when you read it, it sounds great. You really have to think about it. And it is a United Nations initiative to transform the planet such that it is becoming a sustainable ecosystem. The entire Agenda 2030 is based back in the 1880s on Malthus, on Darwin, and Spencer, and Galton. Malthus, whose theory was that population growth is geometric, but food production is linear in its growth. So there's a gap between population and available food, so there's going to be starvation, which has been proven to be false, but it is the underlying impetus and impulse for everything that came after it, which is the origin of the species, Charles Darwin, on the payroll of the crown, justifying the British business model of slavery, drugs, and piracy, the survival of the fittest. That, remember, no Genesis, no Bible. It's a biological explanation of how we came to be. That 
individual organisms of every species compete to survive because there's limited resources, and those that are most genetically endowed to survive pass their characteristics on to the next generation, and voila, here we are. Here I am in all my complexity because of a series of serendipitous genetic variations. That's great. And then Spencer, he turned it into social Darwinism, and societies compete for these limited resources. And then Galton created a secret society or went into a secret society called the Masons where he made a political strategy called eugenics, positive positive eugenics, which is the human-driven evolution of the species and its bastard cousin, genocide, because, you know, there's just some of these people we're going to clip out. That's the basis of Agenda 2030. It sounds so nice when you read it, but let me hit a couple high points for you. No poverty. Goal number one, no poverty. You know how they're going about doing that? Make everyone poor. If everybody's poor, nobody has poverty. I'm just giving you the Professor Penn redaction of what I'm reading. But no poverty sounds great. Doesn't it sound great? Number one goal, end poverty in all its forms everywhere. Boy, that sounds wonderful. Another way to end poverty is just make everybody poor and then nobody can complain. And that's what we're doing. It's called inflation. It's called inflation. Just make everybody poor, except a handful of elites that run the United Nations. Oh, isn't that great? Zero hunger, no hunger. And hunger, achieve food security and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture. Yeah, they'll end the hunger. Yes, they will. They'll centralize all the food production. And you know how you end hunger? You just starve 90% of the population to death, and then the remaining people aren't hungry. Sound extreme? Do your homework. You got to see it for yourself. Good health and well being. Oh, that sounds great. Who's going to define what good health and well being is? Not our traditional culture. They have a new idea. They have a new idea. Wow. They want to end road injuries and deaths. I guess that means no more cars. You know, it just goes on and on. You got to read it for yourself. Oh, a big part of this support research, development, and universal access to affordable vaccines and medicines. You mean my good health and well-being is dependent on what? The medical industrial complex. Not the natural way, the technological way. We're deciding as a species that technology is better than the natural way. Okay, great. That means we're going to have some new masters. Quality education. Isn't that working great? Isn't that working great? We're going to end discrimination in education. We're going to end it. No more discrimination. Great. How's that working out? Gender equality. We're all the same. It's very important to recognize we're all the same. Affordable and clean energy. Renewable energy. Isn't that great? We're going to change the energy mix. I mean, this just goes on and on. Go look up Agenda 2030. We're going to reduce our inequality. We're going to build sustainable cities like the wall, zero carbon emissions. Responsible consumption and production. What the hell does that mean? 
responsible consumption. It means when there's a digital currency and you go back to the store and you've bought your quota of whatever, you don't get any more. Sorry, it's not up to you. You're no longer a free citizen. You're now a slave. Or better said, your inventory. We're going to take climate action. It just goes on and on. Agenda 2030. You need to read it for yourself and go read Population 2030, Demographic Challenges and Opportunity for Sustainable Development Planning, which published by the United Nations in 2015. I'll read it slowly. United Nations, New York, 2015. Population 2030, Demographic Challenges and Opportunities for Sustainable Development Planning. Got to read it for yourself. You've got to read it for yourself. Now, let me just say, we do have a climate problem. We do have many environmental problems. We do. I am not saying, for those that are listening carefully, that we don't have environmental challenges. Environmental challenges that are so big, in fact, that they threaten the survival of the American people. Why did I say the American people? Because I'm concerned about CD3 here in Minnesota and SD45 where I live. That's what I'm concerned about, my neighbors. The first scam in this whole program, the long con, this is the long con. There are environmental issues. They do threaten my health and well-being or the survival of my children. But the con artist figured out that because of the fear of death, they could get us to voluntarily give up our sovereignty and our citizenship in exchange for global governance that's there to protect me and that's there to provide for my material well-being. And the con artists are getting us to consensually, through our free will, give up our rights, our unalienable rights, granted to us by a creator, that be our life and our liberty and our pursuit of happiness, we're going to give them up voluntarily because, you know, the world's going to end. <laughs> it's a con. It's the long con. We can deal with these environmental crises in exactly the opposite fashion by empowering individual citizenship and sovereignty. And I've got a lot of work to do to flesh this out, to create it as policy. But you know what I would like? Instead of the billions and billions of dollars that the state of Minnesota is spending on ending family farming and all of their green energy initiatives, I'd just like to get them uh, to give me a grant so I can get my house off the grid. I'd like to get them to create urban gardens where I can go grow my own food in association with all my neighbors. Hey, wouldn't that be cool? I don't have to be buying my energy from the state power company. And I say it's the state. Yes, I know it's a public utility, but it's there working with the state to control my energy. The grocery stores, guess what? I'm not saying anything that's not public record. Whole Foods, Whole Foods. I was in the first Whole Foods in Evanston, Illinois in 1989. Numero uno, it was a co-op for hippies. Now it's owned by Amazon. And guess what they're doing there? 
by the end of the year, all 500 Whole Foods are going to go cashless. You're going to have a palm scanner to pay. So is Panera Bread. Palm scanner. They're preparing us for a cashless society, which means we're going to give up our freedom of choice. That's what they're intending to do. They want us to voluntarily give up our free will in exchange for convenience. And for all the hippy-dippies out there that believe this is a good idea, you obviously have no creativity such that you're willing to give up all of your freedom in exchange for a palm scan. Really? My freedom for a palm scan. This is a great name for a play. My freedom for a palm scan. And then it'll be an iris scan. And then it'll be a chip put in your hand. And you won't be able to buy or sell unless that chip's in your hand. You think it's impossible? Go look up the Microsoft patent for an implantable chip associated with the digital currency. If you look for it, I found it. You know, the USPTO, the United States Patent Trademark Office. You can find it. You've got to see it for yourself. If I tell you things like this, I just tell you to believe me, I'm an ass. I'm telling you to find it for yourself so we all collectively get up off of our asses and save our freedom because they're, we are, we're actually pulling the, the prison door closed ourselves because we believe if we don't do this, we're all going to die from a climate catastrophe. We're all going to die from a climate catastrophe. And I'm going to say this again. I personally would rather die from a climate catastrophe than from the subjugation in tyranny that awaits me. I'm not going to close that door on myself. I'm pushing the other direction, and that's what free people is all about. And that's what the nationalist movement's all about. It's about pushing in the other direction so these globalists can't take our freedom. I am going to say again, we do have a climate problem. It can radically and negatively affect human life. But the con artists have hijacked the movement about individual responsibility and brainwashed us that only global governance can solve this problem, aggregating my citizenship, the power of my citizenship, far above me, where technocratic elites tell me how to live my life. That's the end of freedom. If you want your freedom, join us. Crowdsource this information. Get involved in your political party. Start writing your senators and your representatives. Talk to your friends and your neighbors. It's not too late. We, the American people, still have the power to maintain, preserve, and to expand our human freedom. We have the power to be human beings. Don't let them turn us into inventory. We need all of us to come together. That's why I'm so mad at Alpha News for separating us into warring tribes. Anybody, anybody who is creating a us and them dynamic is contributing to the end of human freedom. Even when I find people who are repulsive to me, I hold it in myself and I remind myself they're American citizens, they're entitled to their opinions, and they have something to teach me. I'm going to listen. Listening is a great 
a great strategy to heal our country. Well, let me tell you what the opposite is. The opposite. No dissent allowed. Got a great clip for you. A great clip. We're going to watch most of it. Nine minutes. The famous Bernie Sanders, an American senator from the state of Vermont, a communist, a far lefty. People love him because he rages against the machine. Let's listen to what he's really selling. Look around. Over the last few days, nearly two-thirds of the population of the United States has been living under either a flood warning watch or a heat advisory. Temperatures in the Atlantic Ocean are the highest ever recorded. Wildfires are ravaging parts of Greece. A typhoon Stop it has for a second, would you? Temperatures in the Atlantic Ocean are the highest ever recorded. Go back and look at how long they've been recording these temperatures. The highest ever recorded in the scheme of time. We don't even have a blink of an eye into recording this data. Please continue. Thousands of people from their homes in Beijing and July is on track to be the hottest month in recorded history. Stop again. The hottest month in recorded history. First of all, I'm not even sure the science is good about recording these temperatures. You know, I'm not a scientist and I'm not there. When I am there, watching how some of this stuff gets done, and I do have the opportunity to see it, somebody's sticking their thumb on the scales more often than not. So let us not say that just because a scientist has given us some data, that that data is anything other than a statistic. And let's remember, there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's statistics. Yogi Berra, a great one. Please continue. Meanwhile, the latest report from the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, is very clear and it is very foreboding. If the United States, China, and the rest of the world do not act extremely aggressively in cutting carbon emissions, our planet will face enormous and irreversible damage. Stop. I didn't know Bernie Sanders was a religious man was wearing a robe and standing on a street corner that says, repent because the end is near. You know, these people are horrible. This man does not believe in God. He was born Jewish. He's what I would call an anti-Jew. He'd be the first guy to call me an anti-Semite. Well, this makes me so mad. This man is standing on the street corner telling my children, repent because the end is near, and he does not believe in God. He's hijacked, repent because the end is near. And when that said, repent because the end is near, that wasn't about everybody collectively on a worldwide basis. That was repent because your end and my end is near. Life is not promised to anybody. Anyone's individual life could end today. That's why repentance is so important. But they've hijacked the concept of repentance and made it about everybody, the world, which is a scam. And now they've taken it out of its religious context and made it about the environment. Please continue. Let me be clear about that last part. If the entire planet, led by the largest economies in the world, the United States and China, does not get its act together, the world that we will be leaving our children and future generations will be increasingly unhealthy 
and uninhabitable. Stop. Uninhabitable. Uninhabitable means everybody dies. My children, my grandchildren. He's using my survival terror to propose a set of policies that are tyrannical. Please continue. What makes this issue so difficult and so complicated is that it is a crisis that no individual nation can solve alone. Stop. There it is. Globalism. This is such a big problem that no individual nation can solve it alone. Con man, Bernie Sanders. You're working the law on con. You are a con man, in my opinion. A con man. Working the law on con. I wonder whose payroll you're really on. Let's continue. People. It is a global crisis. It is an issue that requires the cooperation of every nation on earth. Whether we like it or not. Stop. Whether you like it or not, your citizenship is now irrelevant. Because if you don't give up your sovereignty as an American citizen, everyone's going to die. Please continue. We are all in this together. Just one example. Despite the frightening impact of climate change on the United States, highly populated Asian countries are facing even worse challenges. Sea levels on China's coastline are rising more quickly than the global average. Major cities like Shanghai, Tianjin, and Shenzhen are all located along the Chinese coast and could face catastrophic flooding in years to come, creating havoc with the entire Chinese economy. There are projections that Shanghai, a city of 24 million people, could be underwater by the end of the century. Stop, please. I feel very sad for the Shanghai knees if Shanghai goes underwater. Us here in Minnesota, it's looking pretty good. If things are warmer, it's actually a nicer environment here. There's no oceans here in Minnesota. We're not going to be underwater. We got trees. We got fresh water. Why am I giving up all my freedom? Because some people that decided to live on the ocean on a floodplain might get flooded out. You know, I've been saying this for years. If you choose to live on a floodplain on the seacoast of the ocean, oh, that's some nice weather. Oh, that's some very, very high-end real estate. But there's a risk to it. The ocean is the ocean. You might get flooded out. We here in CD3 Minnesota do not have such problems. So when legislators like Patty Acomb here in SD45 spout this garbage to my children about how they have to give up their freedom because we all might die here in Minnesota, hey, nobody's dying from climate change here in Minnesota. That is a con. Please continue. Now, the bad news is that developing a mutually beneficial relationship with China to save the future of this planet will not be easy. Sadly, Stop, please. Go to federalregister.gov. That's federalregister.gov. And start reading it. It'll be very easy. Let me tell you how they're doing it. They're letting the Chinese make all the money they want to make here in the United States. They're bribing them. And how are they doing it? They're wrecking your job. 
They're destroying your economic future, and they're paying the Chinese hundreds of billions of dollars to gain their cooperation because they want this global governance. And the Chinese, they said, whoop, stop, stop. We're not participating. We want to argue over the split. And that's what all the conflict's about. They're not really going to go to war. They're having an argument over the split because power is being concentrated in very few hands, and those people are all very wealthy, and they're all sitting at the big boys' table, and they're arguing about how the split, how I, Professor Penn, has inventory, how the cash that comes off of me is going to get split amongst the con artists. That's what they're arguing about. And I see it in the Federal Register every day. Just last month, at the end of the month, in a business I'm very familiar with, as you know, the tire business, the Biden administration undid taxes that were imposed by the Trump administration to limit the importation of tires made outside this country. And not only did they lower the tax so that these tires are going to pour in at the expense of the United Steelworkers who work in our factories and all of the communities that these factories are domiciled in, because when the steelworkers lose their jobs, that means the plumber goes out of business, the diner goes out of business, the insurance agent goes out of business. They're impoverishing our communities to create this global governance in the name of sustainability. But what it really is, is a huge payoff of hundreds of millions of dollars that go to a handful of people. It's a payoff. Please continue. There are hawks in both countries who are working hard to create a new Cold War. <clears throat> Stop. They're just paying the hawks off. They're paying them off. Hawk today on the payroll tomorrow. Why were they a hawk in the first place? To get on the payroll. He's telling you they're arguing over the split. Please continue. The good news is that we still have time. United States, China, and other countries around the world to make the decision to act aggressively in combating climate change and preventing irreparable damage to our country and the entire planet. Stop. So you have time, American nationalists, to repent because your children are going to die. You too can join the climate change cult and be conned by the con artists. Please continue. While we must work diligently to foster international cooperation on climate change. Oh, stop. Now it's force. We have to work diligently to force your cooperation. Please continue. We must also do something else. In the United States and around the world, we must ask a very simple question. How did we get here? How did we get to a place in time where the health and well-being of the entire planet and the lives of billions of people is under enormous threat? And the answer to that question is not complicated. The truth is that the scientific community for many decades has made it crystal clear that climate change and all the dangers it poses in terms of drought, floods, extreme weather disturbances, and disease is the result of carbon emissions from the fossil fuel industry. As far back as the Could late stop, 19... please? See, he's using the fossil fuel industry here, but actually 
they don't want you to eat meat anymore because the cows fart. Right? Because, you know, God said, eat meat and be satisfied. So now as they get this thing rolling, this con rolling, you can't eat meat anymore because the cows, the methane that come out of the livestock, contributes to global warming. So it's not just the fossil fuel industry. That's what he's focused on today. Let's continue. In 50s, over 60 years ago, physicist Edward Teller and other scientists were warning executives in the fossil fuel industry that carbon emissions were, quote, contaminating the atmosphere and causing a greenhouse effect that could eventually lead to temperature increases, quote, sufficient to melt the ice cap and submerge New York, end quote. Stop. Been to New York City? Have you been there? I have. It's right on the ocean. Who, whose cash are we protecting here? You know, I've said this for many years, and I'm going to say it right here, right now. Yes, it would be horrible if the ice caps me melted and New York got flooded out. Terrible. Uh, you know what? You might have to relocate. You might have to relocate. Hey, you had a good run. You had a good run living there on a floodplain right next to the ocean. And the ocean came up a couple of feet. You might have to relocate. That's your problem. You got the benefit, now you got a cost. Anytime there's a benefit, there's a cost. You might have to relocate. But us here in Minnesota, hey, we're living large and in charge. Could be real good. Could be real good for us in Minnesota. We might become the center of the universe. In other words, there is going to be global disruptions because of climate. That I agree with. Do we have to come up with alternatives to concentrating the power in the hands of a few people? You're going to watch this cycle. Tell us what you, you know, where he heads with this. This is going to be stunning. Because what he's about to say is, if you dissent, you go to jail. That's where we're if you Because, see, this is what happens when the con starts to unravel. When people recognize that they're in a con, because like this podcast, we start talking about the con. Hey, you got to jail people. Because when the marks figure out it's a con, the con unwinds. Please continue, Tanner, please. That's what they were saying 60 years ago. In 1975, shellback research concluded that increasing atmospheric carbon concentrations could cause global temperature increases that would drive, quote, major climatic changes, end quote, and compared the dangers of burning fossil fuels to nuclear waste. Beginning in the late 1970s, Exxon, now ExxonMobil, conducted extensive research on climate change that predicted current rising temperatures correctly and skillfully. Let's stop just for a second. That first research that he uh, highlighted about Shell, Shell PLC is a British multinational oil and gas company headquartered in London, England. Really? That's where the Crown is headquartered. Please continue. The fossil fuel corporations knew. They knew they were causing global warming and therefore threatening the very existence of the planet. Yet in pursuit of profit, Fossil fuel executives not only refused to publicly acknowledge what they had learned, but year after year lied about the existential threat that climate change posed for our planet. 
So what happened? Whoops, to the stop. The word existential means we're all going to die. We're not all going to die. Some of us might have to move. We might have to come up with new technologies and new ways of doing things. We might use many of the technologies that have already been developed, but do it in a human-centered fashion so human freedom is enhanced and not extinguished. The existential threat is to your freedom, not to your life. Please continue. Who betrayed the American people and the global economy. Were they fired from their jobs? Were they condemned by pundits on cable television and the editorial boards of major newspapers? Were they prosecuted? Did they go to jail for their crimes? Nope, not at all, not on one of them. The reality is these CEOs simply got richer and richer. It is obscene. When a criminal walks into a store and shoots the clerk behind the counter, we make the moral judgment that this behavior is socially unacceptable and that gunman should be punished. When a public official misuses and steals taxpayer money, we make the moral judgment that that embezzler should lose his or her job and perhaps be incarcerated. Yet when fossil fuel executives make calculated decisions that are life-threatening to billions of people or to the entire planet, we are told that it's, hey, it's just business. No, 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 that is not acceptable. That is why earlier this week I sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland urging him to bring lawsuits against the fossil fuel industry for its long-standing and carefully coordinated campaign to mislead consumers and discredit climate science in pursuit of massive profits. That letter was co-signed by Senators Merkley, Warren, and Markey. Like the tobacco industry before him, the actions of ExxonMobil, Shell, and potentially other fossil fuel companies represent a clear violation of federal racketeering laws, truth in advertising laws, consumer protection laws, and potentially other laws. And the Department of Justice must act swiftly to hold these companies accountable for their unlawful actions. More than 40 states and municipalities have filed lawsuits that seek to hold the fossil fuel industry accountable for their illegal campaign of misinformation around the global crisis of climate change. The Department of Justice must join the fight and work <clears throat> with partners at the Federal Trade Commission and other law enforcement agencies to file suits against all those who participated in the fossil fuel industry's illegal conspiracy of lies and deception. Let's stop right there for a second. Let's use the same model that Senator Sanders used about cigarettes. Tenor, can mm. you still buy cigarettes if you want them? Yeah. You can't. Yes, I can you still ever buy smoked cigarettes. A cigarette? Yeah. Are you a smoker? I'm not not like not currently, no. But you you have been. Yeah. Okay. Well, so is Professor Penn. I've smoked a cigarette or 10 in my life. Yeah. We can still buy them, can't we? Yes, sir. They used to be really cheap when I was young before the government got involved. You know what the government has done? They haven't outlawed cigarettes. They've taxed them to high heaven. It's a huge source of revenue. They didn't eliminate cigarettes because they're bad for us. They made 
the sin of cigarette smoking, a very profitable business. They are getting, they got their piece of the action. And that's what Senator Sanders is proposing. Hey, you know what? We need to get in on this oil and gas business. This is a good business. We're going to make these people illegal, and then we're going to put pressure on them, and then we're going to tax them. They're going to have huge reparations they have to pay, and now we're going to have all kinds of additional money to pursue our goals and our programs. Doesn't it? Isn't it just great? You just have to, you know, I'm thinking about Don Corleone and the mafia. They had their own thing going on, like gambling. Oh, that's legal. Oh, they had their own thing going on, like prostitution. Hey, prostitution, I know they're still prostitutes, but come on. <laughs> it's everywhere, right? You can't even look at Fox News landing page without seeing pornographic images. And now, and now, whoa, wait, drugs, drugs. Guess what? Marijuana is legal in Minnesota. I got a friend of mine. She said, I'm never going to smoke pot. It's against constitutional law. Well, she can smoke it now. It's no longer illegal. And I guess climate change is a great opportunity for the government to take a primary position. They already have a big position, but they want more. It's not enough because the government, the government has never seen a revenue stream it wants to go by. The more money they have, the less money I have. And what do they really want? They want me to be a poor piece of inventory that they can extract data from, from birth until death. A series of diagnostic codes and a bunch of drugs that I take so somebody can make some money. These people, and everybody likes Bernie Sanders. He's got such loyal followers. This guy is in on it. This guy is the sine qua non sellout. Please continue. The fossil fuel industry must begin to pay for the extraordinary damage they are causing. Climate change is an existential threat to every man, woman, and child on Earth. At every level, in every country, we must act boldly and aggressively to save the planet for our kids and future generations. Let us go forward together. Thank you. I'm just terrified. I mean, you know, the people are going to watch this and take this seriously. Bleep. This is, at the end, he even says it. You know, we got to get control of this thing. All they're doing is taking over a bunch of private businesses and taxing them for their alleged crimes. I mean, if this is that bad, shut it down. Well, that's what they're doing. They're just shutting it down. They just want the remaining oil to come out of the ground so they make all the money while we stay in the wall and live in a 15-minute city and all the transportation is mass transit and we got to live in our own prison that we created for ourselves. Oh, these people are selling us bleep and telling us it's caviar. I'm just so angry about it. And I'm asking every one of you, please do your own research. I, you know, I didn't know this 20 years ago or 30 years ago, how deep this con was going. I mean, it's just, you know, they're going for it now. I have another good friend of mine, Thomas the Good. He likes to say, and I've said this before, a man only gets his arm chopped off unless he takes his hand out of his pocket. These people are going for it. They're reaching. We can, we can overcome this now because these lies are so transparent if we can just get our red pills going. Oh, every man, woman, and child's got to take action. What is the action? Give up your freedom. 
Give over your freedom to a set of a small group of technocrats that will make all of our decisions for us so that the planet can be saved. I'd rather die from a tornado than a technocrat. Well, I'm getting better at this. I'd rather die from a tornado than a technocrat. It's getting better. I'll keep working on the messaging. Now, in closing here, I want to tell you what's going on right here in Minnesota. The next legislative session, these sons of bleeps are going to start to outlaw organic and family farming. They're doing it exactly on this program of climate crisis. They are saying that farming creates greenhouse gases. John Kerry just said 33% of greenhouse gases come from farming. Got to get rid of the farms if we're going to live. What are they doing? They're getting rid of the meek who shall inherit the earth. The really free people are the people that own farms. And there's not that many of them left, so they're putting all their power on them to get rid of them. They're driving them off their land through many different means. In Minnesota, we got a thing called One Minnesota, which is a program of, you know, getting these farms converted into solar energy farms, not growing food, solar energy. The government's in on it. XL Energy's in on it. You know, it's part of implementing the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which is the Agenda 2030 system. They're on this thing. There's so many ways they're going to break these family farms. They're going to tax them out of existence. They're going to use climate change and climate regulations to tax them out. The banks aren't going to loan them money because the banks are now involved in this environmental social governance crap. I mean, they're going to eliminate the freedom that's associated with being a farmer. They're going to drive all these farmers into the city where they become dependent on the system. And then they're going to take all that food production, which is decentralized, and centralize it and let it be controlled by a handful of rich industrialists. They're going to have vertical farms inside the cities, and a handful of people are going to control the food supply. And then what they're going to do is they're going to starve us to death. You need to look it up for yourself you got to come to the conclusion for yourself. I've come to my own conclusion. i got a big garden. It's getting bigger. i got 20 acres of, of ground that I put together for myself with money that I didn't have because I'm going to go farm that land. I'm going in exactly the opposite direction. I'm pushing against the digital uh, prison door that they're asking us to swing shut in ourselves because, remember, this only works for them because this is really at its base a religious battle between Christ and Antichrist. It only works for them if we use our free will to give up our free will. These sons of bleeps are criminals. I want them not killed, not imprisoned. I want them to come before the truth commissions and tell us the foul ideas that are between their ears such that we can get this on the table for the rest of time. I want to see their ideas defeated completely and totally. I want the philosophy that holds one race superior and another inferior utterly and totally abandoned. And how we do it is one neighbor at a time, one neighborhood at a time, one precinct at a time, one congressional district at a time, when we, the American citizens, in a constitutional process, with dignity and eloquence, start talking to each other about this. What a scam. What a con. Let me tell you about this con. I just figured this out. They're ending family farming. How can that be good? You know what I want? I want, you know that, that empty lot over there? 
Let's get the city to let that be an urban garden. I just want to grow my own food. I don't want to centralize the food production. I want to be self-sustainable. I want to be self-governing. Does that mean we're going to have to work a little bit? Yes, it does. It means we're not going to have the convenience that we've had previously because they've been using convenience to enslave us since the washing machine, since the iron. Now, of course, when those inventions came up, that's not why they came up. Our scientific method has been hijacked by tyrannical politicians and their masters to enslave us. And what they really want to do is eliminate our free will and our creativity. So I want to thank you for joining me. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for participating in the live chat. We're getting into some tough subjects. I'm trying to get better and better at messaging this. And with your feedback and with the practice, we're going to get better so that we have a potent political message that we can deliver and end this imposition of tyranny on the American people. What we want is creativity. So let's go out with another beautiful violin concerto. This is David Oistrakh again, again, a Russian, a Soviet, a communist, playing with, the, with, with an orchestra, playing the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto. I'm going to let it th the thing run out. I noticed that last time when we did the Brahms Concerto, many of the listeners stayed on for the entire 40 minutes. So we're going to run this thing out. I'll stay on the live chat and talk with you. Thank you so much for joining, and I look forward to seeing you soon again.
Thank you.